Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Good to be here once more. You may open your Bibles to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy will start from verse 14 of chapter 3 ending at verse 8 of chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 14 it reads <clears throat> as follows But as for you continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus All scripture is breathed out by God and prophet profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season reprove rebuke exhort with complete patience and teaching For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths as for you always be sober minded endure suffering do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come I have fought the good fight I have finished the race I have kept the faith henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have loved <clears throat> who have loved his appearing let us pray Lord this is your word your living word speak to me speak to us through it this evening make it alive unto us encourage exhort rebuke shape us into the image of your son through your word i pray amen Our focus tonight is the Bible. That's our focus every week, but specifically tonight, the Bible. What does this book mean to us as Christians? For us to get to the point of reading the word, preaching the word, living by the word, it requires some presuppositions. That's a big word. What's a presupposition? Pre, before, suppose, assumption, presupposition. It means before we get somewhere, there's already thoughts 
and beliefs that back it up. Before I or anyone could open their mouth and say, I am a Christian or I believe in Jesus, there's already a thought process that backs up that statement, presuppositions. What is a basic Christian presupposition? God is real. God is real. If you confess to be a Christian or confess to believe in God while not thinking that God actually exists, that is stupidity. It's a bit silly. God is real. Second presupposition, the real God, the one true God, he has revealed himself. Revelation. We believe in two types of revelation, general revelation and special revelation. Through general revelation, this means a a measure of, of God, a measure of knowledge about God is available to all. We see the traces of God in nature. We may look at science and come to the conclusion that our existence is not some accident, but rather there's a process behind it and perhaps there's a person behind it. There's a higher being. We may look at what it means to be human, what it means to have a conscience and character and personality. And through these things, we may reach some sort of understanding that there is indeed a God. That is general revelation. General revelation is just part of the human experience. God reveals himself not just through general revelation in the present tense and the experience of being human, but also through special revelation in the past tense. We find this notably in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, past tense. God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ, who lived, who died, who rose again, and who now sits at the right hand of the Father. That is a special revelation. Special revelation is also the word of God. Again, past tense, the closed canon of Scripture, we believe this book is the word of God. It's not just another random book. It's not even just a collection of man's best thoughts about God. It is the word of God himself. It carries the authority of God himself. This is inspired through the Spirit of God to such a degree that it would be as if God picked up a pen himself and wrote its contents. That is special revelation. What do we do with this information? My first point, the word of God is useful. Chapter 3, 14 to 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learnt it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Timothy, this isn't just some piece of ancient manuscript that you look for 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 the sake of history. No, this is the living word of God. This is useful in the present tense. 
This is life-changing in the present tense. What God used in the past to reveal himself in times long gone by, he still uses even today to reveal himself unto us. This is what makes you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus. You, Timothy, who never met Jesus face to face, you meet him in the truth of God's word. You find the gospel in the truth of God's word. The word of God opens your eyes to who God is. This is how you grow as a Christian. This is how God equips you. This is not just some vague general revelation that gives you an awareness of some distant being. This is special. This is intimate. This is breathed out by God himself. This has the authority of God in every line. Follow the logic. God is real. God has revealed himself through his word. His word is not just the truth about God in the past tense, it is alive in the present tense. Unto our salvation and unto the man or woman of God maturing in their faith. Timothy, the word of God is alive and it is useful. My second point, Timothy, preach the word. The word is to be preached. I charge you, chapter 4, verse 1, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Timothy, here is the book. This is God's word. Preach it. And when you preach the word of God, this is how people will know the God of the word. Because God is real, because his word is true, because his word is useful unto his people in the present tense, Timothy, do not take this lightly. It is a divine charge. It is a solemn charge that I give to you. It is a weighty charge. There is no greater charge. There is no weightier task than this. Preach the word of God in the presence of God. God is my witness. Preach the word of God. With the coming of Christ on your mind, with judgment day on your mind, preach it. This is primary. Before I stand up and preach, before any preacher anywhere stands up and preaches, they ought to have this idea. They do it not unto their audience, they do it unto God. It is God's approval that the preacher seeks. It is because of this that in James it says, teachers shall be judged more harshly. It is because of this in Hebrews, it says leaders will one day have to give an account for those they taught. It is a weighty matter. God is real. God has revealed himself through his word. God has tasked his people not only to live in obedience to it, but also to preach it. This is weighty. This is not to be done lightly. Central Baptist, do you see the reverence of God? and those who preach? Do you see conviction? Do you see this weighty charge in the people you watch on YouTube? Is there a reverence for God? Is there fear of God? Is there an accountability to God? Or is it just entertainment? The analogy often used to describe Second Timothy is that of passing a baton in a relay race. It is a race. Paul has run his part of the race, and so he hands over the baton to Timothy. 
Now it is his turn to run his part. But the point here is not just get to the end of the race as fast as possible, Timothy. The point here is you have an audience. The point here is consider who you are running for. Consider what it is you hold in your hand. You are running for the sake of God. You hold his hand in your word. You hold his word in your hand. You carry his word. Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God. You do this unto God. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Preach it. When should you preach it, Timothy? Preach the word in and out of season. Be ready. Be ready. In season, out of season. What are these different seasons? Paul is not saying there are seasons where the word is useful and where the word is not useful. Paul is not telling Timothy to wear his summer shirt in the winter. No. God has spoken. He has spoken that which is applicable unto all generations across all millennia of history. What God has spoken, it is true because it is God who spoke it. It is not that the seasons for the word have changed. No, the word is unchanging. It is timeless. It is we who change. It is the empires that rise and fall. It is governments that sometimes like the word and sometimes don't like the word. It is culture that rejoices in sin and calls it progress. It is a sinful people that, as Paul says in the next verse, have no desire to hear sound preaching. They judge what they hear, not how it relates to the truth of God's word, but by how it relates to their own desires. Am I tickled? Am I entertained? Do I walk home feeling good about myself? They think this has a bearing on whether it is true or not. As for you, Timothy, preach the word in and out of season when people want to hear it, when people don't want to hear it. In and out of season. Do you know? Do you know? I I say this to my shame. There are days when I don't have this deep desire to stand here and preach. This, the opening of God's word, the greatest privilege one could ever have, really. To be tasked with communicating the truth of God, the very words of God, there are days when I don't feel like it. There are days when the prospect of doing this fills me, fills me with dread. There are days when I feel like I'm not all that good at this. Isn't there someone better who would be much more effective than I? You know, even, even the preacher is susceptible to the change of seasons. Even he, even I, need to be reminded in and out of season, Timothy. In and out of season. Preach it when you feel like it. Preach it when you don't feel like it. Preach it. When you have bright ideas about everything that's missing in Christianity and all the things you can change to make it more attractive to the world, here's a bright idea for you, Timothy. Preach the word. When you have 200 people listening, when you have five people listening, this is your task. Preach the word. In and out of season, God is real. The real God has spoken. Preach it. 
Preach that which God has spoken, full stop. Preach that which God has revealed, full stop. There's nothing else you need to add to that. Why do you preach? You preach because it is God's special revelation. Because you do it for God and not yourself, because you have to give an account to God. When do you preach? You preach in and out of season. How do you preach it? What does this preaching look like? Reprove, rebuke, exhort, do so with complete patience and teaching. I thought preaching was supposed to be nice. (laughs) This is not entertainment. This is hard work. You ought to keep a watchful eye. You need to make right with God on your own. And once you have made right with God, you need to try and communicate to people their sins. You need to try and communicate with people and convince them that they need a savior. You need to try as far as you can to pry open their eyes to the fact that their savior has already come and he was on that tree 2,000 years ago. That is blood and death bought their freedom. You need to call them out when they are wrong. You need to encourage them when they are down. You need to take the truth of God's word and you need to apply it to their lives. Do so patiently. Sometimes they won't get it. Sometimes they won't appreciate it. Sometimes they will even resist it. Do so. But you, with all the patience that you can muster, strive to be faithful in this thing. Preach the word of God. What God has revealed you ought to preach it. Verse 3, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth, and they will wander off into myths. It's stated in, in the negative here. The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Is a positive then when people do endure sound teaching? Why that word endure? It's not, it's not a nice word. It sounds more like a marathon than a sermon. And I can imagine some of you talking after the service over coffee. How, do you find, how did you find the preaching today? I endured it. <laughs> it's not what you want to hear. One fateful evening in Acts 20, Paul was preaching, teaching. He dragged it out a little longer than usual. Some character falls out a window because he fell asleep. Is it because he failed this endurance? (laughs) Is that what it means? Is it just keeping awake? Endure sound teaching. Endure the word of God This is what makes you wise unto salvation. This is how you grow. This is how you live. This is how you make decisions. Endure it. Isn't there an easier way? Can't we we skip the word of God? Isn't there some mountain I can climb up and have a God experience? Can't we just have someone prophesy from that corner and someone talk in tongues from that corner and Just make a spectacle of it. That sounds so much more exciting than 
hearing the word. (laughs) Those things seem so much more life-changing than the drudgery of coming to church every Sunday and hearing some guy speak for half an hour about the word. And then the next week, and then the week after, (laughs) and the week after, it never ends. Can't we just walk down the street and experience God in the trees and the flowers and maybe we'll hear his voice in the wind? Isn't there some ritual that we can just do that skips this whole preaching word thing? Can't we just baptize all the babies and then they sit for life? (laughs) Can't I just wear some magical rock around my neck that gives me some positive energy? It takes faith. It takes faith to show up every Sunday. I hope it takes faith at least. I hope, I hope this isn't some feel-good exercise for you. I hope you come here in faith desperate to experience God through the preaching of his word. Because this is God's design. This is his special revelation. This, through the work of the Holy Spirit, is how God talks to his people. Endure the word of God. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Endure the word of God. This is God's design that by preaching, by preaching that which has already been revealed, people will be saved. The time is coming, Paul says. And we know, we now know that time has come. People do not want to endure sound teaching. People do not want to hear about their sin. They twist their own truths that offer some sort of forgiveness but requires no sacrifice, no obedience. They go hear their motivational talks every Sunday and they're fine with it because they just want a little bit of encouragement in life. They don't really want to change. They don't really want to Submit to God, and because they will not submit to God, they will not submit to His Word. As for you, verse 5, as for you, always be sober minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. As for you, Timothy, against these people who do not endure sound teaching, you must endure. You must endure. You must stand firm. If you are not sober-minded in your faith, if you do not keep the word of God at the forefront of your mind, you will also be dragged into this nonsense. Endure. Do the work of an evangelist. People will resist you. Resist them back. Persist in what God has called you to. Fulfill your ministry. Verse 6, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What's Paul getting at here? Is it, 
Is it pride? There's a lot of eyes in there. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Is it pride? I don't think so. By grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. This is the free gift of God. This is not the result of your works so that none can boast. So if this isn't boasting, if this isn't pride, what is it? Consider for a moment if Paul had left this part out. Timothy, God has spoken. Timothy, the word is useful and applicable. Timothy, preach the word. Timothy, endure. And then two months later, Timothy finds out Paul is no more. Paul is dead. Your mentor, the apostle, has been beheaded. He is no more. Imagine the fear. Imagine the uncertainty. Imagine the opposition taunting Timothy. You see what preaching the word gets you? Where is your God now? You still think Paul was all that? If Paul was really an apostle, why did he die at the hands of the Romans? Is that what God does for his people? Isn't God supposed to keep us safe and comfortable and bless us with nice things? It's not pride in Paul's last words, but it is clarity. Clarity. Paul is making it abundantly clear to Timothy, this isn't happening because I took some wrong turn. This isn't happening because God has abandoned me. In fact, it is good that I die. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Timothy, I am not the center of your faith. The apostle must perish, the word must persist. The apostle is being poured out as a drink offering. This is the will of God, and Paul is not resisting it. Note the calmness, the peace, even the joy, the joy. My time has come. I have fought the good fights. I have run the race. I have kept the faith. Don't you long to say those words? We who stumble, we who still have to reach for faithfulness day by day, we who are still fighting the fight and still running the race, don't you long for that day where one day you look back and you can say it is done? My race is run, it is done. Timothy, I have done all I could do. My time has now come. Timothy, I give you this charge, I entrust this to you for this reason. God is real, the real God has spoken. What he has spoken is true unto all generations. I preached it in my time, now you must preach it in your time. Do so, Timothy, do it until the end. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, leap for joy, for behold, behold, your reward is great in heaven. We sing, we sing, Lord, haste the day. Paul didn't need to sing that anymore. Timothy, my day has almost come. My faithfulness has run its course, and now I gladly go to meet my maker. The one true God, the God who has revealed himself, the God who speaks to us through his word, the God who tasks me, Paul, with preaching, and who now tasks you with preaching. 
He is a righteous judge. All those covered by the blood of the Lamb will enter his gates. All those who look forward to the return of his Son, Jesus Christ, all those who have loved his appearing, all those who gladly submit themselves to him, all those who endure, endure in life to his glory, all those who give to his glory even in death, they will receive their reward. Their reward for playing their part. Their reward for doing the good works that God set aside for them even before the foundation of the earth. Their reward by grace, through faith, not by works that they might boast, but through the free gift of salvation. They will receive their crown. How do we know they will receive their crown? How do we know we will receive our crown? Because it is the one true God, the living God. He has revealed himself and speaks to us even today through his word. He is a God who keeps his promises. In this moment, Paul's task was to die for the sake of the gospel. In this moment, Timothy's task was to live for the sake of the gospel. Both, both will receive their reward according to God's promises. Let's wrap this up. Is this, is this just for preachers and pastors? I need to preach the word of reverence, reverence, you just need to pitch up for church on Sunday and endure 30 minutes of my preaching. This, this is a special revelation. This ought to be the center of our faith. This is truth. Truth should not sit in a fancy leather cover on the bookshelf collecting dust. Truth should be meditated on daily. This is how we grow. This is how we become Christ-like. This is our source of godliness. It should be preached. It should be shared. It should be declared from the mountaintops. It should be lived for. It should be died for. This is our legacy. This is our treasure. We are, we are to be people who love God, and therefore we love the Word of God. This is the bedtime story we ought to be telling our children. This is what we read what we read around the dinner table as a family. This is what we tell our unbelieving friends when they come to visit. This is our lamp. This is the lamp unto our feet. It is the light unto our path. This is what keeps us pure and away from sin. This is how we resist the devil. This is what teaches us forgiveness and love in times of strife. This is our comfort in times of sadness. This is our promise in times of doubt and fear. Christian, do you know your Bible? Christian, do you endure the word of God day by day in faith, seeking, hoping, trusting that God has given us this special revelation, that God has promised he will speak to his children through his word? Are you ticking a box? Chapter a day, verse a day. This is not a box we tick. This is our joy We are not doing God some sort of favor by opening the Bible. We are lost. We are broken. We are sinful. We live in the dark. God has given us a means of knowing him. This is the chance of a lifetime. Open the word so you might know him. Open the word so you might seek him. 
Open the word so you might abide in his word. Or should we just chase fads and myths? I thought I'd end with an excerpt. If you are familiar with those small blue, they're usually blue, Gideon's Bibles, you'll find this among the first few pages as an introduction. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, it is the pilgrim's staff, it is the pilot's comfort, compass, it is a soldier's sword, and it is a Christian's charter. Here, too, heaven is opened and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good is its design, and the glory of God is its end. It should fill the memory, it should rule the heart, and it should guide the feet. Read it slowly, read it frequently, read it prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, it is a paradise of glory, it is a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, it will be opened in judgment, and it shall be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, it rewards the greatest labor, and it will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. The living God, the one true God, he has revealed himself in his word. We would do well to seek him by the means which he has made available to us. May we be found faithful in this today, tomorrow, until we meet him face to face. Let us pray. O Lord, stir in our hearts an affection for your word, a desire to see your word fulfilled, a zeal to live by it, a patience to endure it, a willing soul, sinful soul to be rebuked by it. May we accept its rebuke. Give us the faith to look unto it as your word. Make it alive unto us even today, I pray. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.